quick admin note before we get started on this episode. Uh, about halfway through our normal recording, Remy had to step out to go do parenting stuff. So rather than not put out an episode and try to come back to these topics uh, later while they're not fresh in our mind, we decided to put this out and then we'll pick up, hopefully pick up where we left off in the next episode. But at least you guys can, can listen in on this, give us your thoughts and and whatnot at the end of it. So with that, here is episode 38. Welcome everyone to episode 38 of the Wi-Fi Pioneers podcast. We are your hosts, Colt and Remington. Say hi, Remy. Hey, what's up, guys? So for the time being, we're still sticking with the Wi-Fi Pioneers brand. We talked last episode about potentially rebranding, and it's not so important right now, so we're not really worried about that. But um, today we're going to jump into why I decided to leave the Dinkwad lifestyle uh, as it's becoming more and more important to, you know, more and more people are embracing this. So for those who don't know, Dinkwad stands for double income, no kids with a dog. So go ahead and write that if you need to. Double income, no kids with a dog. Uh, the acronym would be Dinkwad. You also hear people say Dinks, double income, no kids. Uh, but those people are losers because they don't even have a dog. Anyway, the it's becoming more and more popular. My wife and I were 10 years ahead of the curve on that back when we got married. Well, I guess 15 years ahead of the curve. We, we got married about 15 years ago. And at the time, we neither of us wanted kids. We were both very career oriented. We wanted to focus on our careers so much so that we actually made the agreement before we got married that, you know, to a certain degree, the careers would come first and the marriage would come second, which in hindsight is something I would never recommend to another person. Somehow we made that work and um, we made it work because ultimately we gave up the careers, started businesses and focused on each other. Right. So, Hey, uh, career first marriage is not a good idea it doesn't last you either convert to your your spouse comes first or you fail um but in the last couple of years we i guess the last year and a half now we decided we wanted kids and because we were over 40 and because of some other reasons as well my wife has pcos and some other things we um had to use in for, uh, ivf uh, in vitro fertility and we've been going down that route and as of the date of this recording, we've gone through four rounds. We have one possible egg that we can, we have one egg that we can implant, but has low odds of taking. It's a mosaic egg, so it may not take. And then we're currently waiting on the status of the last round of, um, what did you call it? Uh, we, we did the egg extraction and they paired up the, the sperm. So now we're waiting to see what, how many eggs actually fertilize and take and see if we'll have any that are, uh, uh, that can be implanted, right? So this has been a long process, an expensive process. And the question becomes, why did we do this at all? Because two years ago, before this started, the, the Wi-Fi business was going really well. Our, when you're just two of you and you have Wi-Fi money and you, you have no kids, your overhead is almost nothing. You, know, you have your mortgage payment, your electricity, and you know, food. Like you, you have no overhead, you have no expenses. So we were living in a house that had about an $1,100 a month mortgage payment. We had more money than we knew what to do with. We had so much time because, again, you know, all, the only thing we could do with time is vacations and dedicate more to the business, which it was kind of like, why bother? We, have, we had no expenses, so why do you need more money? And 
it almost to some people it seems insane that we want even parents that we would walk away from this lifestyle where we had ultimate freedom we could go on vacation whenever we wanted play as many video games as you wanted do whatever do whatever you want and i decided we decided that that wasn't enough and it's because it's pointless like it, it i never got fully depressed per se like i never had full-on depression but i'd wake up and it's like i was playing video games simply because there was too much time in the day and yeah, I could have dedicated more time to business or started another business. But when you're in your forties and you have no need for the money you're making, why make more? So I just had no, there was like no freaking purpose to my day. And we decided like, I need more than this. You know, all starting up a farm was nice. It's relaxing. Having your own business is real, is nice, but there's no purpose to it. There's no real responsibility with it. And that's the very short version of why we you know decided to leave the being quad lifestyle we want more yeah definitely seen a lot of that stuff i i have a friend who just had a surprise pregnancy and uh, once the kid arrived he was like man i i can't believe society ever convinced us not to have kids uh he's like this is this is exactly what i want out of um you're also seeing a lot of people choose i, I saw a random stat i don't know if it's true uh that now american households have more dogs than kids um and a I lot believe of people, that. I a lot of people see that. low commitment, you know, dog is a low commitment alternative to having kids, right? And some, <clears throat> sometimes it's the warm-up lap before having kids. But I've just seen a lot of couples then decide that their hands are full with the dog and the, and the sacrifices they've had to make with their lifestyle that they end up not having kids at all. Now, I, I ran a pet service business uh, for, it was our second IRL business. And there are some childless people with dogs that are 100% wanting kids and they are putting all that mommy energy into their dogs. It is absolutely insane. And you don't see as much in cat owners because cats hate your guts and cat owners probably hate themselves a little bit too. But with dog owners, like dogs love you and their world revolves around you much like a toddler. And, and they have toddler energy and that toddler affection. And people, man, they really get emotional about their dogs and like i mean I, I'm, I'm worse than some people but that bad I, i've never dressed my dogs up or have a birthday party for them or anything insane like that um there you got these wackadoos that are holding marriage ceremonies between their two dogs because the dogs of you are such good friends and love each other like it's absolutely insane what people are doing and it's because they have all that mommy energy and hormones and instincts and they've Either they've been convinced not to have kids or they don't have the right partner or whatever, but the dogs are getting the the brunt of that attention. And like in our case, we um, it wasn't that society told us not to have kids. We actually each reached that conclusion on our own from different angles. So um, like for me, it was a um, just a poor assessment on my own family. So I looked at pretty much everybody in my family got divorced. Um, there's... I have one uncle that didn't get divorced, but should have. I had um, one, the last one who was married just got divorced, took like 30 years and he got, he got divorced. And then um, oh, one, one of my aunts died. So I, out of 10 of my, of my boomer relatives, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, out of 10 of them, one of them had a successful marriage and it's only because she died during the marriage. She probably died before they could have gotten divorced. So take that for what it's worth. So I saw that. And I saw a lot of my, my parents' friends who were who stayed married and they were absolutely miserable. And in my early 20s, I just I reached the conclusion that, all right, the common link here is getting married and having kids. So if I want to 
be happy, then I need to not get married and have kids. Well, eventually I got married, but it's like, oh, we'll get married, but we won't have children. And it was kind of a self-affirming bias that if you look around for miserable people, you can find them and they confirm your own biases. So I just kept finding, you know, anecdotally evidence to support uh, my conclusion that children were the problem. And it wasn't, you know, none of this children contribute to global warming and patriarchy and whatever other nonsense. I just kept looking at miserable people and saying, oh, it must be the children, when in fact, no, it was just miserable people who chose their spouse poorly, which, you know, anybody can do that. It has nothing to do with the kids. That's just you and your, your piss poor uh, selection mechanism. So over the last few years, I started to realize like, no, it's, it is all about having the right wife, having the right husband, and then going from there, you can start to, uh, anyway, um, that's kind of where I went through. I'm back now. I just, weird. I totally okay. cut out for 10 seconds, but I could see you talking. I just couldn't hear you. Okay. Uh, anyway. Right. Yeah. So think about this. If, if your job is just a wage and you're not building anything long-term and all of your extra energy just goes into pets, travel, watching sports ball, or some high consumption lifestyle, what are you leaving behind? What have you built that will exist and have value after you're gone? So we've, we've migrated as a society away from building civilizational capital and just towards consuming and consuming everything that we've been handed, uh, consuming all of the, all of the civilizational capital that we inherited. I like to call this, you know, with boomers, they inherited the greatest lead in the history of mankind and managed to blow it, all of it in one lifetime. Uh, so people just don't have any consideration now for what persists after they die. Sure. They may spend their lives having fun and, you know, traveling the world and, uh, and, you know, seeking one, one form of stimulation after another, even though they get, they get blander and blander over time, just like a drug, right? You need more of it and you're never actually fulfilling the thing that you're looking for. But once all that's gone, what, what have you left behind? You just consumed everything that we were handed. So I, it's just a part of a, a larger phenomenon and a trend that we've, we've succumbed to. Nobody, nobody plants the seed that they will not rest under or that, that will grow into a tree that they will not rest under. Um, they just, they just consume. And so, I mean, I was, uh, I was guilty of it myself. Um, but I think once you make the transition, you realize why everybody before us thought differently than, <laughs> than the boomers do. Yeah. And that, that endless consumerism combined with, uh, especially in America now we have a me first, me second approach to everything. You know, and it's not just the, the feminist doing You can see it, uh, especially on the, the red pill side, too, um, a little bit with the trad cons as well. But a lot of the, the masculinity hustlers are really out there like get yours first and then get yours second. And with the women, it's like you're the most important thing. And the second most important thing is still you. So when you have that, the idea of having responsibility to another person is so foreign to you that it seems oppressive. But even more than that, just that endless consumerism. Uh, at least for me, it was becoming just a way to get through the day out of uh, just like, I guess, boredom almost. Um, there was just no point to doing more effort. There was no point to grow in my business more because I already, like when your basic needs are, are met within, you know, under $3,000 and you, you have, well, six figures of Wi-Fi money and then a wife who has six figures of Wi-Fi money. And then you have, you know, the ability to start an IRL, but like, you start either starting businesses to fill up time or you do consumerism and, and consumption and um, video games and other shit just to eat up time. And I'm like, all right, at some point, 
you got to realize that you're just hiding from boredom and you're not doing anything productive. And that's, that's where we were at. And the thing is, I, I could not have done this 10 years earlier, right? Because that's, you mentioned you had a friend with a surprise pregnancy and he's going, oh my God, I can't believe I put this off for so long. I worked in law enforcement for eight years. My wife worked in law enforcement for 10 years. We've seen plenty of examples, overwhelming amount of examples parents who did not change for the better as a result of a kid. And this is what all the trad cons miss because every one of them will say, I've never seen a person have a kid and not change their life for the better. I've never seen a kid have a person have a kid and not, and actually regret it. It's like, I have, I've seen it so many times. And if you doubt me, I think I've said this in past episodes. If you doubt me, go to Walmart at 2 a.m. You'll find parents there with toddlers who absolutely regret having their children. Um, so you have to be the right person in your life, you have to be ready for that mindset of um, it's time to have kids, it's time to build you know, a family, generational legacy, whatever tag you want to put on it, because the, it's not a guarantee that having kids turns you into that. We've seen way too many times loser parents who stay losers rather than actually you know, make themselves into something that their kids can be proud of. And I absolutely would have been in that category in my 20s. I probably would have been there in my 30s. And now that I'm in my 40s, it's like this is the wrong time to have gotten to this mindset. Um, so we need to, and I don't have an answer for this, but we need to get people in that mindset in their 20s so that they have actually have time to have kids. They have time to work through medical issues because I'm I, my wife and I were up against the clock here. You know, we don't have much time left to do this. Uh, so. It's not even about, it's not financial constraints at this point. It's time constraints. At a certain point, her body cannot do this. And I'm up against chromosomal decay as well. And, you know, they, sorry, I'm going on lots of tangents here. Uh, but you constantly hear, especially amongst the masculinity house hustlers, men can have kids into their 80s until the day they die. That's kind of true. Men have the same chromosomal decay that women will have in their eggs. A man's sperm decays with age. You know, staying healthy, staying fit doesn't stop chromosomal decay. And as you get older, it gets harder to get viable um, eggs fertilized, uh, embryos. There, sorry, would have slipped in my mind. But it's harder to get viable embryos when your sperm is 100 years old and 80 and 70 and whatever. You know, the older you get, the harder it is. And then you start to have more kids with birth defects because you're starting to put out poor quality sperm, and there she's putting out poor, poor quality eggs. So this is really like you want healthy children, you want to have you're going to have to have them when you're younger. So that whole thing of like, well, the woman's against the clock and a man isn't, that is not reality. And men need to get that through their heads. Uh, you, you keep seeing this uh, this red pill theme of, of guys getting snipped and putting themselves first and, and just ex- essentially just living an extended bachelorhood into their like late 30s and 40s. Uh, completely ridiculous. <laughs> Those masculinity hustlers, if that's what they're telling you, they're trying to sell you some sort of some sort of dream that doesn't align with your biological age. If you're doing the adventure bachelorhood in your teens and early twenties, that's a normal and critical part of a man's development. You know, lots of ancient civilizations have this as a, a critical rite of passage, right? Like the walkabout kind of thing. You go and join the military, and you go on adventures, and and it makes you a man, right? It makes you confident and capable, and you get tested, and then you come back. Uh, an entirely different person but um this this like idea of getting snipped and not having any kids as a high value man um in his 40s and 50s that is not true (laughs) that's a waste of your life and it's uh, i call it this nihilistic red pill right uh 
enjoying the collapse, banging all the hose, having just complete freedom of time. Yeah, okay, that that may have a portion of your life. Uh, some men may have to go through that. Um, but if you're if you're doing that into your 30s and 40s, uh, you miss something important. The like civilization depends on strong men capable of of carrying the whole thing on their backs. Right, that duty and that purpose conveys honor. And honor among his peer group is the critical thing a man needs to thrive. Without that, they're lost. Well, in a more practical sense, think, you know, okay, so we're, we're seeing these these Peter Pans, uh, the women, the feminists like to call them, and other girl groups like to call them, you know, these, these men who are unmarried and no responsibility in their 30s and 40s. But now move into the 50s and 60s and 70s. You ever go into a bar and see a guy in the 60s and be like, wow, that's a guy I want to be like? Ever at any point in your life, have you ever looked at an unmarried man in his 60s and been like, "Wow, he's got a good life"? I, I can't think of one ever. They're always they're always alcoholics, um, usually bad alcoholics. They you know they shower once a week. They're always chain smokers. Like they're just I don't know of any men in their 60s that are single that aren't sad and pathetic. Um, you know and even with the ones who are divorced, uh, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the ones who are never married, but even the divorced ones who get divorced in their fifties and sixties, they're not much better. It's just like, this is not the way. Now there's all kinds of problems with marriage today. I got it. There's all kinds of issues with divorcing in the courts and, and no fault divorce. I got it. But at its core, being single is not good. Being childless is not good. And you just can't find examples of this in the real world where it works out for anybody, not the men, not the women, uh, it, it doesn't work. So it's like, it's time to abandon that path and figure out how to unfuck the marriage situation because the, the dying single and alone doesn't work for anybody. Yeah, that, uh, you nailed it. When have I ever seen a man who <laughs> was just alone in his 60s and 70s and was like, oh yeah, that's, I'm really, I'm really digging your life. <laughs> uh, men. Men don't realize that they also have a midlife transition required of them, right? Men have this, you have to go through this uh, rite of passage to become a man, to earn the respect of, of your peers, to be competent, capable, confident, and lead a family. And then if you miss the, the period in which you start that family or you start that, that organization um, and, and have a duty to uphold, if you miss that you, and you extend that Peter Pan phase into your 40s, 50s, 60s, you, you're no different than the girls who spent their 20s whoring around and then realized that nobody wants to marry them, right? You blew the key transition point in your life that allows you to transition gracefully into the next phase. Uh, and, and it's just really sad. Well, and that's, men never stop having a rite of passage. They just, it just changes, right? You transition from boy to man and then from man to father and then from father to grandfather, right? You're always in a state of transition. It's never like, because we have so many Peter Pans and because we have so many of these failure to launch 30 something year old basement dwelling man child, we're stuck right now as a society in the boy to man phase. But if you think back, like think about the most, some of the most iconic sitcoms, right? Like um, uh, Home Improvement. That's a good one because as much as people look back and go, ah, Tim Taylor was, or uh, what's it? yeah, Tim Taylor was a, Tim Allen, sorry, Tim Taylor was the guy in the show, Tim Allen was the other. It's like, oh, he just played the role of goofy dad, screwing things up. And it's like, well, he's playing the role of 
young father becoming an older father, becoming, you know, from young teenage, from young boys to teenage to adult boys. And it's the transition in that it's, it's a rite of passage to becoming a, you know, a father and a grandfather. It's never a, a, you're never done growing as a man. You're never done learning. You're never done growing. And that's part of the reason why you and I have such a hard time with boomers is because they just stopped as a generation. I could name individual boomers who aren't like that who continue to improve themselves. But there are boomers who just, they're like, well, I'm a grandfather now, so I'm going to sit on my ass, watch Fox News, sports ball, and die. I have no more obligation to my family. I'm not going to mentor. I'm not going to grow and learn to become a grandfather. I'm just going to sit here, watch TV, and die. And that's why we're so disgusted with the generation. Because a man is not supposed to stop. He's never supposed to stop growing and learning. Not to the day he, like, death is his only release from the obligation of becoming a better man. Yeah, now that you put it that way, a lot of things make sense. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, the upside of being a man is is glory and honor and um, and respect. Um, the downside is you you have a burden until the day you die. And and that burden and that duty is what conveys the honor. And so any anybody who shirks that that duty, they're just not what we think of as a man, right? <laughs> you you have to progress to that phase in order to in order to age with dignity and respect. And that, and that of course is why so many people you see a lot of criticism of the red pill community from people who can't quite put their finger on what the issue is, right? Um, and it's because what are you ultimately building in from this community? And it's not a family, it's not a legacy, it's not a generation, and it's not you making your life better in any way. It's it's you just being self-centered all the time. And if you do have a wife, it's still everything's you first, you second. And she's just this, uh, you know, what do they say? Low value broad in the corner there who's meant to make you sandwiches. And it's like, I know not, not all of them go to take it to that extreme, but that's kind of the interpretation and feeling that's left afterwards. And people are like, I don't want to live that life where it's all about me and my wife is you know beneath me. So, you know, you want to go the more trad con route or the traditional lifestyle, except today's laws make it so much harder to actually fulfill that and of course feminism being the poison it is it's very hard to find a wife who uh, wants to fulfill those values and a wife who's mentally and emotionally stable enough to be a trad wife there's a lot of issues going on there too like this is not simple it's not like when the trad the trad guys come out and they say well just get married well that clearly doesn't solve the problem uh clearly does not solve the problem but the uh, the flip side of it of, of it's like well just get yours because a woman's going to screw you over anyway yeah that's not going to work out either like no, the, the the track guys are more right than wrong. They just they're missing all the very dangerous roadblocks that the red pillars have correctly pointed out. It's just nobody is coming up with an actual solution that is going to make society better. Yeah, it almost feels like an intermediate phase that we have to go through now that we've totally dissolved the institution of marriage and any real traditional values. Is all these men are just checking out entirely and they're saying, "I I don't want any part of this." Right, and that's that red pill nihilism and that extended Peter Pan hood, um, and it's almost like it has to collapse before it will reemerge or rebirth as something else, right? As something wholesome and something substantive and and durable. Uh, so it almost feels like it almost feels like a lot of these men have just thrown up their hands and said, "I I don't want any part of this." Um, but I was still thinking about what you mentioned about uh, boomers, and my my parents are case in point. Like their first priority is how they can get their hands on some more money. And then their second priority is how can they spend that money? They do not think at all about legacy. 
or what's going to persist after they're gone. It's just, it's so frustrating. So we have to be very careful about protecting anything that has any durable quality or value. We have to make sure they don't get a hold of it because they will spend it or destroy it or waste it. Uh, it's, they literally have no ability to think their own immediate consumption. And as I said before, they're, they're Epicureans, right? Epicureanism gives way to nihilism and then to utter collapse. And then the men have to rebuild. You know, and I'm just, I'm starting to wonder if that's even better. That it, like things can't get better until they get worse. And that it sounds like a stupid and obvious thing, but things have to get really, really bad before they can get better now. And it's because at its core, not, not just in the marriage situation, but if you look at America right now, across the board, every single category, it is objectively better than it was 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Um, and the, the standard of living for the poor, while the wealth gap is immense, the standard of living for the poor today is so much better than it was 100 years ago. The, um, the amount of food that's available is better and cheaper. The amount of technology that's available is better and cheaper. And I guess I shouldn't say it's better across the board in every single way, right? The, the opioid usage, the, um, the alcoholism, drug usage, that that's getting worse right now. The suicide rates are on the rise again. There's a lot of bad things coming, but um, it's still the quality of life today is so much better than, than historically what humans have had to live through that it's going to have to get a lot worse. So we're going to have to, we're probably going to have to get through population collapse, which population collapse is going to weed out all the dinks by definition, they're not breeding, which is also going to take away the mindset that leads to that. You're only going to have, and, and a lot of people have talked about this. I think Tim Pool talks about this, like every other clip that he makes is how conservatives are the only ones having kids. Therefore one, two, three generations from now, all you're going to have is Christian conservatives. And if those conservatives all start having three, four, five kids, then that generation is going to surge after the population collapse uh, because they're the only ones having kids and they're having lots of them. So over the next 100 or 200 years, we may see the population come down and then spike, spike up very aggressively after that as a result. But the intermediate years, decades, whatever, might be hell because of the fact that we, ha we have ideological collapse, population collapse, and everything that comes with that, the economic issues. So it just may be an issue, uh, a matter of you have to be the best possible parent now. You have to make sure you're preparing your children um, for whatever is coming, making sure they're smart enough, resilient enough, motivated and ambitious enough so that they can go ahead and handle whatever life is about to throw at them. As I said at the beginning of this episode, Remy had to step out, and unfortunately, this is where we had to stop. So, anyways, we will hopefully pick up on this conversation next next episode. In the meantime, let us let us know what you guys think. Um, you can reach us at Wi-Fi Pioneers at Substack. Uh, come on, comment directly on the episode itself or on any of the notes that we put up regarding the episode and. That's that's it. Hopefully you guys uh, like what we had to say, or, or if you don't, let us know either way. With that, have a good week, and remember, nobody's coming to save you. It's up to you to save yourselves.